Thank you for stopping by. In this episode, we have funny stand-up comedian Kat Alvarado. We talk about her early years of doing stand-up comedy, her doing open mics and comedy festivals, her going to college, and how she's dealing with this whole pandemic. I know you're going to enjoy it. To watch the video, you could see it on YouTube, or if you want to listen to it, you could hear it on iTunes or Spotify. And leave us a comment, give us some feedback, let us know what you think, and we'll see you in the next video. Take care. Thanks. Hi, guys. So a little about me. Can't tell by looking. I'm Latina. I'm Latina. But I'm 23, so my kids are grown. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. You're mildly racist for laughing at that. Just a little bit. <laughs> I'm Nicaraguan. That's my genre. And people rarely clap for that because they all live in Miami. That's just a fact. Uh, I'm, I actually got married when I was 19. Anyone else here? Bad judgment? <laughs> just me. That's fine. <laughs> no, if you know any teenagers who want to get married, pull them aside, look them in the eye, and be like, you're not in love. That is a sugar high. <laughs> That's what's happening. Took me to my mid-twenties to figure out that half of my emotions are just digestive issues. Like the other day I was on a date, my palms were sweaty and my stomach was in a knot and I was like, oh my gosh, this could be it. This could be the one. And then I took a shit. Alright, give it up for Kat Alvarado. That was a little bit of her stand-up. What do you think about when you hear that? Oh, wow. Funny. I was, I was crushing it. Yeah, you were crushing it. <laughs> oh, it my gosh. great. I've told those jokes so many times. It's so <laughs> weird to hear them outside my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Good I, times. How do, you, how do you deal with uh, telling a joke, like, for the thousand, thousand, I can't say a thousand right now, thousand time? Oh, my gosh. I... You know what? They're like safety. They're like my mom and dad at that point. Like they're yeah. my family. I can always rely on them. So I'm grateful that they're there yeah. because then I can try new jokes All in right. the middle in between my, my old jokes that always work. So yeah. they're like a safety net. So, I mean, that's, that's how I try to look at them instead of being yeah. tired of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, well, they're great jokes. So, I mean, thank you. Yeah. Um, I guess the skill I hear is is about, you know, trying to tell the joke as if it was the first time you're, you're telling it, right? First time, every time, right? But I feel like I've memorized them in a way that I even have the intonation in there, right? So there's a little bit of that. Like, I know when I pause, I know every little thing about how I tell that joke. So as long as I have the energy, I think that keeps it feeling fresh to the audience, even though nice. to me, it's totally not fresh at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right on. And do you ever add anything to it? Like, um, do you ever like, um, or do you normally just keep it the script? Like the joke? I'll do, if there's crowd work, if there's something that was happening that specific night, and I think on the fly, like, oh, like this guy reminds me of something in that joke, I'll bring him in the joke. Like, oh yeah, you, oh, okay. you're right. the one who, who shows yeah. dick pics just like in this joke, <laughs> right? Yeah. Something like that. I'll, right I'll change it up I'll here and there a little bit, point somebody out. Like I have one where I'm talking about how being a side chick is like being a side dish. <laughs> and the other, just the other day, I usually go like, oh, it's like being coleslaw. But there is this like adorable guy 
who was like a little bit chubby, but I wanted to bring him into it. Yeah. And for some reason to me, it just felt like a good idea to be like, or you could be a side guy. It doesn't have to be a side chick. You know, I'm green beans. You're a biscuit. Nice. Right. And he was, he's a little rounder, <laughs> but he liked it. Cause I was like, I would butter that biscuit. So I turned <laughs> it into a, a compliment too. Yeah. So it was fun to, to play with that. So cool. when that comes to me, yeah, I, I do that. I add to it. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, that's great. I mean, how long have you been doing stand-up? Oh, gosh, seven years now. Wow. Time flies. It does. Oh, I can't believe how old some of those jokes are and that I'm still doing them. That yeah. is sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. <laughs> you know, I'm in 14 years, and oh I God. have some jokes that are like that. I mean, that, that was pretty much my foundation, you know, because I took a comedy uh, stand-up class because I didn't know anything about, you know, getting into stand-up and you know, so I'm like, what do I do? And, and since I was an actor, I so used to taking classes, you know, mm-hmm. so it was very helpful. But in that class, you know, we, we structured, uh, you know, like a seven minute set. So a lot of the jokes that I had <laughs> was like uh, from that class because I had other comedians. Well, uh, you know, other people in the class to help me. And that re- was really helpful, you know, because mm-hmm. ever since then, I was just uh pretty much, uh, you know, writing on stage. Yeah. I mean, I had some of that when I first started because I started out up in, in the Ventura Santa Barbara area and there was one of the, the local headliners. He, he does a lot of stuff on the road, Tom McLean. And he started for some reason, he just, it, on a whim, he's like, why don't I have some of the new local comics come to my house? We sit around a fire because he had like a fire pit in his backyard and we'll just talk about the jokes that we're writing. And he would help us and he would punch them up a little bit oh, cool. or show us how to phrase the the verbiage a little bit better. Or, oh, here's where you could, here's where you could go with that. Yeah. And um, I'm so grateful that I had him to show me the ropes in the first, this was like the first three months of me doing wow. comedy. Yeah. Um, so it, he's the one who helped me write I'm 23, but my kids are grown. Oh, <laughs> and I still use that as my opener. So yeah. I have Tom McLean to thank oh, for helping me cool. write that. That's great. And I've had it since the first three months. Yeah, first three months of comedy. Just yeah, yeah. Awesome opener, and I think yeah. that joke has gotten me like into festivals. Wow. Just because it yeah. gets boom, boom, big laugh yeah. right at the start. Yeah, yeah, and that's important. That's super important because the longer you're up there without getting a lap, a laugh. It, you know, the more they're kind of like judging you, you know, and been like, it's all right. It's been already a minute and I, you know, like no laugh. So that's really good to get something like uh, right out the gate like that. Yeah. So hanging out in Tom's backyard, that was my comedy class. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, well, he, he'd had you come over and then you guys would have some writing sessions. Yeah. We would just hang honestly, mostly just talked. Like oh, we cool. talked probably two minutes, we'd go around in the circle and probably two to three minutes of that was, oh, so this is the bit I've been writing this week. And then it would just go on a tangent for about 10 to 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> just talking about whatever bizarre stuff. And then, oh yeah, now it's your turn. <laughs> um, and then at the end of the night, my hair would smell like fire and smoke, <laughs> but it was, it was always a good time to kind of see how, how comedians or how at that point to me, it was like one of the few professional comedians I knew who was my friend Yeah. to see how he thought, like from this thought to that thought to that thought and how it wasn't the first thing. It's not the first thing you think of. That's the joke. It's like three things further down. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I always still try to think of that. Like my writing process right now is I journal 
And all the first three things, three pages that I journal, I just throw out. Oh, wow. I don't even care. Yeah. And then page four is where I end up writing my jokes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah, because it, I think it, what, what, what do you think it is that, you know, it takes a while for you to get warmed up or to get the thoughts out of your head or? I think that's how you avoid being hacky. That's my theory. Ah, yeah. Because all the good. all the hacky shit that everybody else is thinking of is going to come out in those first three pages. Ah. All the bullshit that you skim off the top. Yeah. And that's why I don't keep it. Right. So once I get to the third page of writing on a topic, that's usually when I get to something that's actually insightful and that people haven't already said before. Oh, okay. Which is my goal because I don't want to say things people have already yeah. said. That's stupid. What's right. the point? Yeah. No, no, that's great. That's great advice too. Got to stop. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like the opposite. I'm like one, two pages. I'm, I'm set. This is great. I'm, I'm done. But I turn you it know. into too much work. Yeah. So that's why I don't write enough. Because when I do, it's like, okay, this is a whole thing. Yeah. It's got to be at Republic of Pi. <laughs> There's going to be four hours of it. It's yeah. like a whole entire spiel, which nice. really I should just do it at home. But I can't, I cannot make myself write at home. So this pandemic has only been productive because I had a breakup. But if it wasn't for that breakup, I wouldn't have written shit. Really? <laughs> yeah. You would have been with him, like, hanging out? Well, that breakup actually gave me the emotional ammunition to write some mm. good, like, a good seven minutes. It's, like, a, yeah. about that piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he was, like, a topic, right? Oh, okay. If everything was good, then what would I have written right. about? Fucking yeah. shoes? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Yeah. No, they say like the best, you know, uh, songs and jokes come from heartbreak or, you know, know, some sort of, you know, uh, you know, uncomfort, you know, or, you know, it's yeah, no, it's great. Oh, 100%. Like that, right after that breakup happened within one to two weeks, I had a whole new 10 minutes. Like I literally just, I wrote down like the gist of here's kind of what I'm thinking the jokes might be. I got up at this, uh, mic in somebody's backyard that happened to have like 30 people at it. Thank goodness. Um, but also like, Oh my God, thank God I'm alive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, people were mostly masked up. So it was okay. It was outdoors. And I got up and I just had like all the raw emotion behind it. And it hit on a lot of like true things. And it was just funny. The first draft, I was like, oh dang, that's lucky. And that never happens. Wow. I recorded it. And then now I just replicate. Oh wow. (laughs) Replicate, tighten, polish, punch up, tag, 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 tag. So now it's like a really fun little seven minute, five to seven minute story. Nice. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Do you record all your sets? Yeah. I don't always listen. <laughs> <laughs> but by default, I record it. I record. I only listen if something really special happened that set. Like mm. I, I riffed. I added yeah. a tag that was really good. Yeah. Like, okay, this was a spectacular set. Whatever I did here, I need to take that magic and keep it. Nice. So that's, that's my recording thing. Oh, okay. Right on. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I know. I can't listen to myself either, man. I, I've recorded so many sets and i just you know maybe like two seconds i turn it off right away you're like is that my voice yeah (laughs) no it's brutal and just editing this podcast too it's just like it's like nails on the chalkboard like but you know it's helped me stop saying certain words and just made me more uh aware of how i sound and 
the ums and the like, oh and you know, like a yeah. lot of little words. We have like accents we didn't even know we had. Yeah. That's crazy. So like my mom is from Nicaragua, right? In Central South America, they don't say all of their S's, <laughs> right? That's just how the, the accent is there. And Like what? <laughs> like that, like, like um, for example, like what do you mean? They don't, they just, they don't say it? Uh, yeah, like it's kind of replaced by an H. Like I'm thinking of the word for whatever reason, word for umbrella, paraguas, mm-hmm. right? El paragua. No, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's kind of an H where like oh. our brain sort of fills in the, the S and like we know it's there. So we know what the word is because we're used to hearing our families talk like that. Oh, okay. Right. And so I never really thought of me having an accent in English or Spanish <laughs> until I started hearing myself on my own podcast and yeah. editing my voice. And I'm like, oh my God, I do the Nicaraguan accent, but when I speak English sometimes. Mm. So really? The parts, That's interesting. Yeah. The parts of English where I'm like aware of not having any kind of accent, like speaking like a normal yeah. person who grew up here, you know, <laughs> um, I'm aware of, but then I randomly will just fudge vowels and syllables together, leave off my S's when I'm talking really fast. <laughs> so it's the, that like second level accent yeah. <laughs> pieces of, of having a, a, you know, being a native speaker <laughs> that somehow sneak in. And now I'm like, Oh, I have to slow down or I will not say my S's. Oh, wow. Even in English. <laughs> in English. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. It's it's weird that it crosses over. Yeah. it's It was really strange. <laughs> wow. I thought I was like super white and turns out I'm actually a little bit Latina, <laughs> which is, I was happy to learn that. I'm like, cool, cool. Feel safe now. <laughs> That's great. So is Spanish your, your second language or first? I learned them at the same time. Oh, okay. So. And yeah. you speak them both like the same way? Mm-hmm. Like is good. Yeah, I mean, I get rusty with Spanish because sometimes I I don't practice it very much. But if I'm in Nicaragua or around a lot of Spanish speakers, it comes back like like super super easy. Nice. I, mean, I can go pretty fast. I can understand all of it. Um, sometimes I'll forget a word though, like a random word. Like if it's the word for squirrel, which yeah. I can think of that word, <laughs> ardilla, right? Ardilla. Or sheep, oveja. But just those silly words or like business words or biology words, I never learned them. So uh-huh. I don't know those words. But for the most part, I feel like 90%, 95%. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And um, what does your mom think of your stand-up? She thinks I need to quit or I'm never going to find a husband. Uh, <laughs> why? Cause, Isn't that uh, messed up? Because nobody wants to be married. No. Nobody wants to be married to a woman who's out at night, okay? <laughs> That's hilarious. She's like, what man? What man? He's like, oh, I don't know where my woman is. <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> that's, uh, that's her thought. She's yeah. like, You're, she thinks I'm never going to have kids or find a husband as long as I do stand-up, so I really need to quit ASAP. And I'm like... <laughs> Well, I'm going to freeze my eggs. <laughs> Booyah. Like, I figured it out until I find the man who's okay with me being out and about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, uh, uh, wh- what are your thoughts on that? Do you want to have a kid and uh, get married? I do. I do, but not, like, right away. Like, not now. I want to get to a certain level of accomplishment in my comedy. Like, at minimum, I want to record one comedy album. 
and have it have some like medium at least level of success. Yeah. I used to say, okay, by a certain age, I want to have done a late night spot. I passed that age. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, do I want to quit now? Well, I think it was, okay, if I hit a certain age and I haven't had a late night spot, then I'm going to reevaluate. Yeah. And so I reevaluated pretty easily, which was, I don't care. I'm going to keep doing this. Nice. There you go. <laughs> like, I don't, whatever. It's a good attitude. Yeah. It's, it takes a while. It takes a while to like, I think the more I do it and the more I write, the more I respect the art form. Yeah. So yeah. I only just now feel like I'm getting the hang of more advanced levels of comedy writing. Yeah. So I'm like, of course I'm not famous now. Yeah. I'm not ready to be famous now. I'm not there yet. You know? Yeah. No, that's that's a great way of thinking, and I I, I stand by that as well because I, I had a um, martial arts teacher uh, tell me that um, you know when you become a black belt, that's when the learning begins, and it it takes like anywhere from ten to like thirteen years to get a black belt, you know, and and uh, what I was uh, studying uh, the art form and. But like all the students, they can't wait to get black belt. You know what I mean? And then he's telling us, oh, when you get black belt, that's when the learning really begins. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it just like takes time. Mm -hmm. Takes time. It does take time. Like I feel like there's, there's a lot of different phases of being a comic. I think the first phase is just learning how to tell a joke. Holding for sound. Oh, <laughs> no, don't worry. It's not going to pick that up. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is a really good setup here. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. So I think the first phase well, I appreciate is, that. <laughs> I think the first phase is, like, learning how to just tell a joke, joke structure, mm -hmm. and how to be funny, if you will. And so many people are like, oh, it took me three or four years to learn how to write a joke. And I'm like, Jesus, it's going to take you forever <laughs> to yeah. be successful yeah because that should be the thing that you get like boom this is how punch set up yeah punch line tag yeah. tag tag yep. the end mm -hmm. but that's just the abcs it'd be yeah. like saying like okay i learned the alphabet now i can go be a doctor yeah <laughs> yeah um because then it's learning your voice what is it like what is that you want to say and then the next level is being able to go, oh, I want to want to write it. I want to write about that thing that isn't funny at all as a topic. How do I take that and turn that into jokes? That's like next level shit yeah. that I'm on right now. <laughs> how do I, how do I, do? it is some of the most difficult writing I've ever done. Like a couple years ago, 2018 in Nicaragua, there was all this violence with the dictatorship that happened. And I, I wanted more people to be aware of it. I'm like, okay, so I have to write stand up about this. Well, shit, that's not funny even <laughs> a little. <laughs> but I found a, I found it. I found a way. Nice. And it involved a lot of afternoons at Republic of Pi and then many, many mics. Okay. At Fourth Wall. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. That's great. You know, I it, that's yeah. Cuz I mean, some things that we want to talk about, I don't know, it just seems like, you know, we want to talk about it, but like it's so advanced, you know what I mean? We can't find a way to make it funny, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or maybe you're not there yet. Uh, I don't know, but uh, that's awesome. Yeah, you were, I mean, I, I'm by no means saying that I've mastered it, only that I'm like, okay, I'm getting the hang of yeah. doing that. Yeah. Dave Chappelle is the master, I think, at, at that, where he takes this topic that's not funny and somehow yeah. finds a way to yeah. turn it into something. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, if I could be like Dave Chappelle, <laughs> which I'm sure all of us say to ourselves yeah. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I know. It's it's crazy. But the guy's been doing it since he was 14. Jesus. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, it makes me wish I was I started that early. Oh, my you God. Know, if I knew how long it would take, you know, how long this whole process would. You know, I don't think I would have even started. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but it, you know, now knowing it, I mean, man, yeah, I should have started way sooner. It's just, you know. Yeah. Just as a process of finding who you are. I remember when I first started, I was, I really loved Angela Johnson. So I feel like I was kind of unconsciously trying to emulate her. Yeah. And then I discovered Bill Burr and I was like, oh, (laughs) I'm angry. (laughs) Let me do that. So I would listen to Bill Burr before I would write. And then I would like write down things that I'm angry about. And then I would like scribble them down and then go to the mic and I'd be like, this is what I'm pissed about. And I'd basically pretend to be Bill Burr. Yeah, like yeah. In my head, it would be Bill Burr's voice, but coming out of my uh, mouth. Yeah, um, yeah. For a while. But then I was like, I'm not that. That's not me either. Mm-hmm. So eventually I just landed on just writing and then just doing it and, yeah. <laughs> and not thinking as much like that. But I still don't even know if I found my voice. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, that is a tough one. Because, I mean, like, because you change, too, as you get older, you know, you get more mature and, you know what I mean? So it's tough. It's tough to find that voice because, you know, that you evolve and and you become a different person. I know I have, you know. So, I I mean, it's just so tough. Yeah, I mean, I'm still struggling, you know. Yeah, and there's like, well, what kind of comedian are we? Like, what... Am I talking about dating? Am I talking about politics? Is it neither? And I'm talking about salt shakers and shoes. You know, uh, one of those observational comics. I'm yeah. a character. Like that answer for me has changed over the course of time too. Because I started off like dating and then I went to politics. Then I, I dabbled in salt shakers and what's <laughs> the deal with organic bread? And then I came back around to dating stuff. And then when I went... There was, um, I've been doing these shows over at um, Comedy Heights in San Diego for ages. They love me. And um, they've seen me grow from the beginning. And when they saw me doing political stuff, they really loved it. And they were like, you're growing so much. And then I came back this summer and I had that seven to ten minutes that I added about dating. And I didn't do as much political stuff. And they were like, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I I lived life and I brought some more personal stuff into it. That's Yeah, yeah, totally. But then I'm like, well, but who am I? Am I a political comic? Because people who like one might not like the other. Yeah, right. So you almost sometimes have to decide. Yeah, yeah. What do I want to be? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) But I mean, I think that takes time, you know, unless you know it right out the gate, you know, you want to do politics or whatever. But I think a well, you know, rounded, uh, you know, subject line, you know, I mean, I don't want to hear a headliner set you know, all politics, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I love Bill Burr, you know? I mean, not Bill Burr, uh, Bill Maher. Mm -hmm. He does politics the best, I think. Oh, yeah, 100%. He's the king of that. Mm -hmm. But, like, even though, you know, even though he's so great at doing that, I don't know if I want to hear, you know, an hour set of that. You know what I mean? I'm good after 15 minutes, you know? But, um, so, it's, I, I think it's good to have, like, you know, I, I like I like how John Mulaney did in his his latest special, Kid Gorgeous, where it was a lot of that like personal stuff and or a little bit observational. He does a good job of kind of blending observational and personal, right? And then at the end, he had that whole thing about I think it was Donald Trump being like a horse. Like, <laughs> what would it be like if a horse ran for politics? <laughs> 
know, it was a couple of years ago that I listened to that. I could be describing it totally wrong. I think that's it. And it was like a 10 minute bit at the end. And I'm like, okay, like how he did that. So personal, personal, personal. And then here is a little political chunk. Mm. So it gave it some like dynamic in yeah. the hour special. So maybe that's what I'll do. Like maybe I will yeah. keep the politics in there, but you know, have different pieces within yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> But right now it's about the breakup. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh my God. Can I tell you this? Yeah, please. I, I'm not going to say who the person is, um, but Why I will I say that it was possibly, it was a person you would know who, <laughs> who like said, I'm not going to say who, but they were at my last show in San Diego and um, right. I have this seven minutes that's about them and making fun of them and they heard it. Oh yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. great. They had to hear it and then go up right after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was. That's awesome. Beautiful. At the end, the audience cheered way more for me. And I was like, that's a win. I'm funnier. Nice. And you didn't mention his name? No. Nice. No. Wow. Not even a second, but he knew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. It was like everybody's fantasy for like after, like post breakup. Yeah. I think we all want to roast the person. Yeah, of course. I actually got to do it. No. To that, an audience in front of him. Nice. And then he had to follow that mm-hmm. and he couldn't. <laughs> he was rattled. He didn't do any crowd work. He was like on script the whole time. Yeah. And yeah, we could just tell. We were like, he's rattled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Just <laughs> uh, never date a comic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rule number one. Unless you're going to marry them. Yeah. In which case, go for it, whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree, you know. That's why I, I, I stay out of uh, dating comics, you know, like, because we have to work together, you know what I mean? And it's just so awkward being on the same show. I mean, I, I did, did you do okay with it? Like, being on the same show with him? I was so nervous on the drive down there. I was, I brought someone along. I had wanted to bring like a really hot guy with me or whatever. I ended up bringing someone who was maybe not as hot as my first choice, which is terrible. I hope he doesn't hear this. <laughs> um, he was a, he was a really nice person, yeah. a friend. I'm glad. I'm so grateful that he came along with me because talking to him on the drive down distracted me from oh, all my good. nerves. Yeah. And yeah. Talking to him during like while I was there waiting to go up kind of kept me calm, 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 calm. So then. I was able to do the set nice. and kick ass. That's cool. Moral yeah. support. Yeah, yeah. Moral support is yeah. good to have. So I was fine. I did great. And also, I think I was on the adrenaline of like, okay, <laughs> this is going to be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. um, to have him actually hear it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I learned really, I think early on, I might have been involved with like a couple of comics in the scene. Uh, and I really quickly was like, oh no, we're going to know each other forever. <laughs> I'm not going to do this again. Yeah. And so I didn't for a while. <laughs> yeah. Try to avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's tough, you know, it's cause we, we see each other, you know, so frequently, you know, we always like crossing each other and, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's going to happen, you know, but you know, you it, learn from your mistakes. You just got to be professional. It's like, don't yeah. do that unless you know you have, you you can control your emotions yeah. and be like the most stable, stoic, yeah. calm, collected individual in the whole wide world. Yeah. 
uh, even to date a comic, I think, because the male comics get so much female attention that I feel as a partner to them, one has to be the Buddha. Mm, yeah. To not get like jealous. Cause yeah. It's like, what, what's going on? What's going on after this show? Yeah. Why isn't he coming back? He should yeah. just drive back after the show. Yeah. No, I'm being controlling. I'm being so controlling. He should be able to get drinks with the other comics. That's fine. But is he getting drinks with the other comics or is it a girl? I don't know. Why isn't he picking up his phone? Like it's the worst yeah. ever. Like yeah, I yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's torture. Yeah. Which then brings me back to my mom and I'm like, oh no, is that what someone dating me is going through? Where they're like, is she really at an open mic or is she on a date? Is she really at a show? Is there someone going to see her at the show? Is she going to go with them after the show? Why is she, is she really driving home? Is she stuck in traffic? What's happening? Is there someone with her? Did you take someone driving with her? Like I can just see the other side. That's probably what they're thinking. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what they're thinking, you know? Oh my God. Trust. All right. Yeah. And uh, that's my fear, too, is like dating somebody, some of the best shit talkers out there. You know what I mean? It's like and someone that has a microphone, you know, has all these people listening. You know, Mm -hmm. that's that is, you know, that's too much pressure for me. There's nothing more fun than (laughs) writing roast jokes about an ex who deserves it and then performing them. I swear. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. And you don't want to be on the receiving end. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't want none of that. Mm-mm. You'll know exactly what animal you look like. like <laughs> what animal and which ugly yeah, celebrity yeah, mixed yeah. together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, gosh. Because that's the, that's the easy go-to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's oh, hilarious. gosh. Now let me fix this thing. Oh, oh. Like... Like after a breakup with a comedian, you will find out that you look like a ferret <laughs> and that will stay with you. <laughs> it's, oh man. Yeah, it's tough, man. But, uh, but I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I guess coming back to comedy, I don't know, like what were we saying? Um, about roasting and roasting uh, exes. Yeah. But that's, but that's so much fun. And honestly, if you're having fun doing the jokes, the audience is having fun with you. I mean, what's, yeah. what's more relatable than hating on your ex? <laughs> yeah, right. As long as it's not too much or too cruel. I yeah, feel. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good balance. Oh one time when I was dating a comic, because um, I dated one for like three years at one point, um, I, I think I accidentally insulted his nose. And he got right back to me with something that still haunts me to this day. He's like, well, you have a banana nose. (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit, that's exactly what I thought. (laughs) That was my insecurity. And he called it. And I was like, no, I shouldn't have. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, those fights. Mm Mm-mm. It's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It is dangerous, (laughs) man. It, it, It hurts to the core, you know? Yeah. I mean, because that's almost our skill, right? It, yeah. When we do those bar shows like yours at... Uh, at The scene? The scene, yeah. yeah. When you have to deal with those cholas who want to stab you in the parking lot, you yeah. have to cut to their core yeah. with the jokes or else they're not going to respect right. you. It's yeah. like it's like um, you have to establish dominance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> it's totally true, man. The scene, man. I miss that place. Um, remember that old guy that was uh, there? All, Grandpa, uh-huh. the white-haired guy. He looked like Blue uh-huh. from old school. Oh my God! Blue. Please don't tell me he died. He passed away. Oh, COVID. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure, but the guy smoked like a chimney and drank, you know, like a sailor. So I mean, I don't know. So uh, I don't know what he died of, but. He walked off the plank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a pirate. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. I uh, walked off the plank of life. Um, oh, well, that's that's sad to hear. I, yeah. I feel like a lot of places are going to be different. Cause people are either going to have moved away from Los Angeles or just quit comedy. So we're not going to see them. more passed away. Yeah. It's going to be a different world. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. It's going to be... a Totally different landscape, man. Mm-hmm. So crazy. What about you? You staying in LA? Oh yeah. I mean, I grew up here, and my mom lives here, and that's not that's not. Let's just say this: I can't pick up my bags and go home because this is home. Nice for better or worse. Yeah. Because you know, on the bright side, it means I can just keep going. And, and not have to worry about the costs because I can always move back in with my mom like I am right now. Nice. <laughs> if I'm not getting acting work or something yeah. like that. Um, but the downside of it is that if I want to quit, I can never get away from the entertainment industry unless I move away from my family. Because mm. that's something, I've quit comedy before. Or not quit comedy, quit show business, entertainment, performing arts entirely. I did that in college. And... Um, I couldn't stand being around anything entertainment related because it made me too sad. Mm, So I I did. I left Los Angeles and it was Uh great and I was pretty happy. Yeah, yeah. Until until I got a full-time job and then I realized I hated it and (laughs) life without comedy was too sad and I had to come back to my true love. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's cool that you realized it and you went for it and then you're like, yeah, no, I'm coming back, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, life without it wasn't worth it. I mean, not that it wasn't, like, I wasn't going to kill myself, but I just felt too sad. Yeah. It's the spice of life to yeah, be creative yeah. things. Uh-huh. Can't can't live without it. Yeah. But I think everybody needs to do that at one point. Like, just see what life is like without performing arts, without acting, without comedy or writing. Just for a little bit. Just quit. And if you're fine, maybe stay quit. Right. <laughs> yeah, you got away. And, you, and then, but see if like, oh, in your heart, in the pit of your stomach, if you feel sick, yeah. not doing it, yeah. then come on back and yeah, keep going. Yeah. yeah, I agree. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, yeah, for a while I should have done that uh, at some point uh, because I was getting burnt out. You, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, like set after set. You know, like just, you know. Cause I was getting a lot of spots, you know, and then you're getting all these spots, you know, and then nothing's happening. And then you're just saying the jokes over and over again. It's frustrating. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, seeing the same people too. It's just, it was just all, it was all getting to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that would have been uh, a good, good thing to do, you know, but I think this time right here, it's been really helpful in that way. It's like a vacation. Just a little rust because being a comic is just so grueling yeah. all the time. When I first started about three years in, I did a festival and got attention from like network people. 
And so three years in, I had my first general with a network. Nice. That was so cool. And I was like, oh my gosh, I must have a really good trajectory to have done this yeah. so early on. Yeah. And then I just plateaued. Mm. I didn't do anything else. Like it was too early for me to really have like fully thought out sitcoms mm. that were like good to pitch. Like I had the pitch ideas, but they weren't fully written yet. Mm. So I was like, wait, I need to go rewrite and work on this. And he's like, that's cool. You take your time. And then my guy, like my champion who was there at the network got hired off. He got headhunted and he went somewhere else. He went mm. from NBC to Facebook watch. Oh really? And I was like, Oh no, my in at NBC is gone. Oh. And, and it was cause I wasn't ready yet. Mm. And so since then, like I've been working so hard to be ready for the next opportunity thinking, oh, it's like any year now. I mean, if it happened in year three, maybe in year four, year five, I'm going to get something like that again. And then there's been kind of this dry spell of industry stuff. Like when I do see industry people or they see me, they like me, they know me, and they're like excited about me, but I'm just not, I'm not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's some stuff, go, there's some fishes biting, if you will. But I think that's one of the most frustrating things is when you do see that something you're like, okay, I know I've got it. I know I've got that talent to like yeah. get to that high level. And then you have to just wait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wait for the next big door to open. Yeah. Ugh. And you know, what stinks too. And I, this is how I felt last year. I had done all my best material in a lot of festivals. And so all the industry people who are out at these festivals, headhunting for talent, had already seen me mm. and already seen my best stuff. Mm. And because I had done multiple festivals that year and it's a lot of the same people, really, they saw basically all of my material uh, that year because yeah. I would change it. I'd go like, oh, Jeff is here. He saw those jokes last time. Shit, I got to do these other jokes. Shit, I got to do these other jokes. There's nothing that sucks more than being like, wow, he's heard everything I have and the answer is still no. Mm. Oh, Yeah. So this year I was going to take a year off of... Um, just off of festivals, off of industry showcases to go back in my cave and write and rework things so that the next time he sees me, it's stuff he's never heard and that it's polished and good and completely like at least two completely new showcase sets. Yeah. And, um, so mad that 2020 happened, man, because this is going to be the, the year to do all of those sets and really grind it out and, and polish and, and write and polish and write and be at fourth wall, like until I blow my brains out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just writing stuff. And so that process is going to take, I think 2021 will now be my year for really writing and honing and writing and honing. And then 2022, get my ass back in those festivals again. Yeah. But it's, it sucks knowing, like, the good thing about having done it for a while is knowing kind of like, okay, I know how long it takes to write some really good stuff and polish it. I know where to find those people who will give me the opportunities. And I also know that everything I already have isn't good enough. Like, that is so valuable to be aware of. That way I'm not that person who's doing the same seven to 10 minutes for yeah. years and years and years. Yeah. Imagine those people who do the same seven to 10 or they have 15 minutes. They've done 15 minutes the same for seven, eight years and they never write anything new. Imagine if that person got up in front of industry and had them watch that ten, five, 10, 15 minutes of all of their jokes and everything they've written for 10 years isn't good enough. Oh, yeah. So I'm grateful to have learned that now. <laughs> Yeah. 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 
Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I you know, it's good that you know. I don't. I think you shouldn't be so hard on yourself. But this this is helping you because you're, you know, it's going to motivate you to 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 do more and write more and and be better. So I mean, that's there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, what I mean, just because they haven't, you know found something for you yet doesn't mean it's your fault it's their fault that they don't have you know <laughs> these scripts enough scripts that i mean how can you not fit you know something in the nbc you know lineup you know what i mean i could see you in a bunch of different sitcoms you know what i mean yeah i mean it's more about writing the sitcom i think that's really more my dream i mean being in in something is amazing. I would love that. That would be great. But what I see as one of the most rewarding things is writing. I think writing to me is very meaningful. Yeah. Um, the writers are like God <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, I agree. Because without really good writers, then what are actors even doing? They're doing like no- nothing. They're doing drivel. They're doing garbage. And yeah. You need an actor to bring that stuff to yeah, life. Yeah. Right. Because a bad actor can shit all over a wonderful script. Sure. So I, I don't want to disparage actors at all. Mm-hmm. But man, writing, because you can really bring society forward with forward with writing. You can make people's life better. Like them having watched the sitcom that I write could actually teach them a lesson in life. Yeah. That they don't even realize. Yeah. And then they don't have to go and make certain life mistakes that I've made because they saw the characters, they related to that, and then they just absorb it. In their head. Yeah. Like, that's the power of writing a good Absolutely. TV show. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'd love to do that. Oh, yeah. Or act in one. But writing, yeah. man, that's... Yeah. But I think, May, you're spending all your time writing your jokes, right? Where you don't have time to write your script. Mm-hmm. Is that the problem? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you put the time in, like, all your time and energy that you, you put into your sets and your jokes into a script... You'd have that done, you know, in no time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what I'm going to do this break because I've been working my nine to five this whole time too. So I always have to make a choice of, okay, for this period of time, am I writing scripts or am I writing scripts? So you've been working up? this whole time the, the, yeah. during the uh, quarantine? Mm-hmm. Wow. I've been very blessed in that sense. Yeah. But uh, I've been trying to write a lot more. So I wrote my first at least out detailed outline for a feature um, from June to now. And then because there were different versions of it and I changed it, changed it, changed it. Now I think I'm finally at the version of it where okay, now I'm ready to go to draft my first feature. We'll see. I mean, they say your first scripts always suck, so it'll probably never see the light of day. But I feel like it's the first step. It's like the first time you go to the gym. Yeah. Right? Obviously, you're not going to be Mr. Universe or Miss right. America the yeah. first time you lift one right. <laughs> one curl. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, all right, this is, this is the first step, actually writing my first feature. Yeah. And then once I know how to do that and that journey, then will come the next one. And maybe yeah. the 10th one will be the one I sell. Yeah. But I always yeah. try to think of things in that, in that way. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. So, like, when you had your meetings with uh, those people, like, you didn't have any anything to show them. I had a couple of shows in my in my head to pitch, and I had written for one of them. I had fully written uh, a pilot, but I didn't have. I didn't know anything about pitching packets. No. Uh. Right. And, um, and the other thing I learned about pitching is they always want more than one idea. Mm. 
and I've gotten this multiple times. Oh my God, we love it. You're such a talented writer. Like, I love it. I love you. Give me another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, sure. Shit. I only yeah. have that one. Yeah. Damn. Wow. Um, so I had a second idea and then um, I needed to, to bring that to life and actually write that into a pilot. And then by the time I finished was gone <laughs> oh really oh that sucks because i got to soft pitch that second one and that of course the one i didn't have already written yeah was the one where he was like i could see us being i, I think we could get our executives wow. actually listen to a full pitch of that like that one's really good we'll sign the paperwork to actually read it or read you know we'll sign the ndas to, to cool. look at that and then yeah. of course, well i gotta go get it ready yeah oh. <laughs> And it took me too long. Yeah. Oh, man. That that sucks. But those are the mistakes you got to make when you're young, man. Imagine if I was 10 years older and, and that was the first time getting yeah. in the room only to get kind of shot down. Like, yeah. I did that. I made that mistake. Now I know yeah. to have, like, five pilots yeah. written yeah. and ready yeah. and amazing, along with pitch packets for every single yeah. one. Like, yeah, yeah. That's when you're ready, when you've got, like, a fully loaded fucking chamber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ideas. Yep. <sighs> totally. So much work. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so much work, man. I know. I I was in the same position you were, but I didn't I didn't have anything written, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it sucks. And I and I got in front of like major, you know, people, you know, in the industry and I had nothing to show them. So, and you're more you do more acting, right? Yeah. And so that's the other thing is we want to be that triple threat or I want to be like a Ray Romano mm-hmm. right, where I have my sitcom that I act in yeah. and my stand up. Yeah. It's so hard to do because yeah. you have to yeah. spend the time cultivating your ideas, yeah. spend the time cultivating your stand up because yeah. that's essentially your calling card and how they're going to even find you and, and interview you and know who you are in the first place is through watching your stand up. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, be a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? It's Find some time to take acting classes among all the rest of that. Yeah. 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 Oh man. It's tough. Yeah. Super tough. It's hard enough to be good at one of those. I know. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and, and each one of those is so time consuming. You know what I mean? If you're an actor, you got to be in class and you got to, dedicate your time to that you mm-hmm. know whenever you're a writer you got to constantly be writing you know and you know so stand up you know constantly doing stand up and being out late and you know yeah all that stuff so it's it, all those things are like super time consuming and if you try to execute them all which is what i've been trying desperately to do you will a have a hard time dating anyone because <laughs> yeah. you're like yeah. oh do you want to go on a date i have time um Three Tuesdays from now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that evening, I don't have any sets, and then, and yeah. then and then all of a sudden, El- Eric Allegria, yeah. do you wanna do you wanna do the scene? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I can't say no to any stand up. <laughs> this is my dream. Yeah. No, no, I know. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. Can't say no. Mm-mm. You know, it's terrible, and that's why I've been mostly, honestly, mostly single for mm. the past seven years, except for three years of that I dated a comic. Oh, okay. And that was why that lasted so long. Yeah, because he got it, and we understood each other yeah. and all that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's a lot. And the other thing you end up doing if you try to be good at all three is being an asshole, which sucks. I'm an asshole friend because I'm never there for my friends. Oh yeah. Um. I'm always like, I don't have time. I don't yeah. have time. Like, yeah. I've been spending more time with one of my best friends during quarantine. I actually go uh, take a walk with her at lunchtime. Cool. But that's still only forty five minutes of hanging out, and mm. she's like, 
I wish we weren't time constrained by your lunch break. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I have to take my acting classes, work on my writing. I have to work on my yeah. stand-up. And she's like, but there's not even any shows. I'm like, yeah, but I have to be writing and doing secret mics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm, I'm an asshole to, I'm not there enough for my sister. I'm not there enough for my mom. Um, oh God, there's people I should call and send thank you cards to and ask them how they're doing and actually be a friend. Yeah. And that I think is the saddest part of it all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, I feel like I'm listening to myself, you know, 10 years ago, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like everything you s- said is like exactly true. And, uh, and very few people have that sort of dedication and that, that you do. So, I mean, it sucks and you do got to be an asshole. I mean, I've missed so many weddings, so many, you know, events and this and that. And I was just like, Oh, you know, it's cause you know, the stand up. you know, you get it, you know, I'm going to stand up and I got to be at shows and I can't say no and this and that. And, uh, yeah. I, th- I think the first few years too, it's okay. Like you can get by saying no to a few things now and then. And people are like, Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. But eventually it actually does hurt the relationships. Like my sister and I had our first fight of our entire lives. Really? Like two weeks ago. No way. She wanted to spend more quality time with me. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's watch a movie. And I guess that wasn't the thing that she wanted. And then um, she's like, it's not quality time. And then she chose to go hang out with a friend instead of me. And I got upset. And yeah, so that was our first fight. We've gotten along so well our entire lives. It was shocking to me. And there's other little things that she said where I'm like, oh my God, she doesn't know me as well as I thought she knew me. Mm. She's I, like a distance has crept in uh. and I'm racking my mind like, oh, I've chosen stand up over her too many times. Yeah. And it's added up into something. Sure. Like she can't just forever not think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's the price. Oh, wow. What's the age difference? Seven years. Seven years? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Younger or older? She's younger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, that's where we get to the the emotional part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I mean, that's life, right? I mean, Uh it's the struggle, you know, it's like, how much is too much dedication? You know, it's like, it's tough, man. It's like that song, Cats in the Cradle in the Silver Spoon. Yeah, it yeah. is. That's a sad oh song. Oh, my God. So if you do stand-up and you love the people in your life, you probably should quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or eventually they'll hate you. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know. It's It sucks, man. We got to be, like, cold-blooded sometimes. Oh, I know? hate that. But at the same time, I i don't know. I feel like lately I've been trying to reflect on how I can, how can I make up for it? Is there some way? I don't know. Like maybe we give better advice than people. Maybe it's okay. I have less time to spend, but I mean, I make it higher quality time. I don't know how. I think this uh, this winter break, my sister's gonna come back in town, and um, she lives in San Diego. I think I'm gonna take her on a road trip. That's good. It's a good idea. Just make it. Yeah. Me and her. Yeah. Driving together. Yeah. A whole day. Yeah. And maybe it'll make up for. Yeah. A bunch of other little times that I don't. I've been yeah. texting her way more ever since the fight. I sent her a sweater, mm-hmm. a kitty roo. Mm. You know where you put your cat in the oh. hoodie. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I've she seen has those. A cat. Oh, okay. Oh cool. yeah, it's like a kangaroo pouch. You get oh. a hoodie. It's fleece oh. with the little uh, cat ears on it. And yeah, 
a fuzzy pouch. You put your cat. Oh, in that's it, cool. And then you you can walk around the house with your cat <laughs> sleeping in your <laughs> pouch. She has a cat. So oh, okay. I just sent that to her as like a bonus Christmas oh, gift. And cool, that's a good gift. <sighs> yeah, I'm just trying to text her more to make up for my asshole comedian. Yeah. Personality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, she'll be all right. You know, you you acknowledged it, so you know. You're doing things to correct it. I think she'll appreciate it. Plus, if you're not close to your family, who will you write about? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's like, sorry, sorry. No, I'm trying to bond with you so I can talk shit <laughs> to other people. Yeah, this isn't yeah. true bonding. Right, right. <laughs> you thought I cared? No, I just... <laughs> no, of course, of course I care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just you and your sister? Yeah, just us. Yeah. Yep, no other family members. They all died in a car wreck. Mm. No, no, yeah, <laughs> we have mom and a dad and aunts and yeah, cousins. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. have all that. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> I have a sister, uh, but we've fought like probably over 10,000 times. <laughs> yeah, so more than you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, cause uh, but we're a lot closer in age. We're like two years difference, mm. so maybe that's what it is. I always wondered that, like, how come kids who are so close in age like bicker mm. so so much? Yeah, yeah. I think it's because there's not a clear line of who's the alpha. Mm. So there's like a power yeah. struggle. Yeah, that could be it. With me and my sister, it was just yeah, I'm the alpha. Right, you're the baby. Right, right. Duh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think there's definitely something to that. That's why. I, my oldest brother, you know, he's like seven years older than I am. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, you know, he's the alpha. Aww. You know what I mean? I'm always the youngest. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's more clear when you know your place. You're like, yeah, no, this yeah. is fine. I'm yeah. not going to try yeah. to take over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I, re- I really wish, though, I mean, the downside of being the alpha to the little one is that she's so used to me choosing things that she doesn't speak up for what she wants. Oh, okay. And then, then she's sad. Yeah. And I have to like pull it out of her. Like what, oh, yeah, what yeah. do you want to do? Yeah. I, I know I said I want to do something else, but I don't care that much. Yeah. So please voice your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, do you tell her that? Mm-hmm. Nice. That's good. I try. Like we were trying to watch a movie and she's like, well, watch whatever you want to watch. And I'm like, I really want you to be happy so please express yourself she's like no it's fine i'm like no you want something yeah tell me what you want <laughs> isn't that funny how people work like the psychology of it all yeah yeah i think that's like codependency or something when people like they don't say what they want because yeah. they're trying to be liked but yeah. then they get upset uh. because they're not getting what they want right right yeah i think that's what it is <sighs> yeah codependency that's a complicated topic i don't even know that much about it i know that like vaguely it's like what i just described yeah yeah that <laughs> sounds about right <laughs> i just finished high school i mean uh, i didn't go to college so i don't know mm-hmm. did you go to college oh yeah i um I, where'd uh, you go cal state northridge for undergrad and then uc santa barbara for grad school oh cool both for economics which is just a lot of math yeah yeah wow you're good at math mm-hmm. nice well there's people who are way better at math. Like I'm not good enough to get my PhD in economics, mm-hmm. but I'm good enough to get a master's. Does that make sense? And then in grad school, I was like the dumbest person who managed to still pass. But that's but 
the thing is like if you get anything less than a B in any classes in grad school, you're failing. Really? So you can't get, you can't. So I still like got, you know, decent grades in grad school. I wasn't by any means like a dumb person there. Yeah. But, um, oh my God, the people there were like freaking brilliant doing essentially rocket science. And I was wow. following them around like, can you help me with my homework? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. I was the person copying people's like, how did you do this code? What? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's that. I got oh. it. <laughs> oh, that kicked my ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you ever do anything in that field of what you studied? Um, so initially, no. Um, I, so economics is like behavioral science in kind of research yeah. oriented. And then my first job out of, Grad school was working for Lockheed Martin as a financial analyst. And that was so boring because I went from doing like calculus and almost like rocket science yeah. type Greek letter shit to like, it was a lot of mathematical proofs to then um, just doing spreadsheets, like copy and pasting one chart into another sheet and making sure the formula was right. And then downloading something and then pasting it into something. Else. It was yeah. the most inane bullshit job <laughs> And I hated it. So, of course, I got, like, not let go, but they didn't renew my contract, mm. which is, like, a nice way of letting yeah. me go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then I got a job in, in research, but it was more industry research, and that's what I've been doing for the past almost seven years. Oh, wow. Um, industry research stuff, which is still not math. It's very much just, like, okay, we need to know where all of the life sciences companies are in the whole country. Uh, go make a map with pin dots of where those are and finding them and then getting my team to make the map. Like it's yeah. not that, not that great. So it's still not exactly what I studied until now, just finally after all these years of time getting work experience, I have enough work experience that actual research jobs are trying to headhunt me. And I'm like, Oh my God, is that how long it took to actually do what I studied? Yeah. Like, damn near a decade yeah so i might finally get to do the thing i wanted to do in the first place of course i bet that is when i'll probably get a big break in comedy how life works yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny are you working from home now yeah but i've been working from home for years yeah so it's it's been my thing oh right on mm-hmm. so you're totally used to it 100 percent it's so lonely. <laughs> but actually doing stand-up is what really made working from home totally fine. And even though I had a boring job, I was super happy because after work, I would leave the house and go to a bunch of stand-up every night. Oh. And that was super fun. Yeah. And now that I'm actually stuck at home literally all day, every day, yeah. and there's nowhere else to go to write stand-up, um, life has been miserable. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Just at home the whole time. <laughs> Boom. Um, yeah, I used, uh, the record, did you ever do the record store over here? No. Yeah, it's pretty good uh, on, on uh, Venice. There's one on Santa Monica that's like a comic book shop. Mm-hmm. I've done that one. I think Alex Kaufman does mm-hmm. that. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's like, <laughs> Ka- is it Kaufman? I don't know, but there's a J. Oh, okay. Kaufman with a J. Oh, okay. <laughs> right on. Very cool. Oh man! It so was there one uh, tonight show that you wanted to get on? Was it the Jay Leno show, or what was your goal? Or Jimmy uh, Kimmel? 
Did it matter? Conan. I would want Conan or Fallon, maybe Colbert. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the order of my preference. But honestly, it's like, how can I be picky? It's whichever one will yeah. take me. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what's crazy is like none of it will make your career. Yeah. Like it'll help move you to the next level and get more spots. Yeah. But I know people who have Comedy Central half hours and like nothing. They're yeah. Not, they're not big. They're not any more famous than they were before. Yeah. They get like a few more Facebook likes. Yeah. But some of them aren't even verified on Facebook, Twitter or whatever, even with a Comedy Central half hour. Uh-huh. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. But what's good about that? <laughs> it's not good for me if I get one, but I was producing a show. It was this big fundraiser and there was this comic who had just had his Comedy Central half hour come out. Yeah. And he was a total asshole because it just came out mm. and he still thought like, I just had a half hour come out. Like yeah. I'm the shit. Yeah. And so I'm going to act like a diva. Yeah. And I was just laughing to myself because I actually ended up cutting him from the thing. And, um, and he was really upset, but had to do with a bunch of other nonsense. Um, but in my head, I'm like, you cute little thing. <laughs> you think you're better than everybody. Yeah. Two years from now, you're going to be just as unheard of as the rest of us. Yeah. Even with your half hours. <laughs> so fuck you, dude. Yeah. 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 Dude, that's, you know, those sort of people, it's, it's hilarious because it's, it's, the it's, it's, you know, what do you call it? A marathon. Because like, if you get something doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be good, you know, five years from now, you know what I mean? If you get something early, some people get something early right away and they got a chip on their shoulder. Right. And, uh, yeah, I hate those people. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's like just stay humble and enjoy yeah. the enjoy the journey. If you yeah. don't enjoy the journey, get out, get off the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go swim in another ocean. Or <laughs> yeah, I was I was reading this book a few years ago. It's called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. She's the author of uh, Eat, Pray, Love, which was big some years ago. It's a great book about creativity and. um in one of the chapters, she talks about, you know, people go, well, I lost my motivation. Like, how do I get motivated again? And her answer is essentially, if you don't have fun doing it, then stop. Mm. That's when you know to quit. Yeah. When, yeah. When you're like, this sucks and it doesn't make my life better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, then make your life better by right. stopping. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to make it sound like I'm telling everybody to quit. on this <laughs> I tell people to quit. <laughs> I tell them not even to start, you know, like yeah. new, 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 uh, or people that aren't even in comedy, they're like, oh, I want to do stand-up. Like, don't do it. Because <laughs> if they listen to me, then they didn't really want to do it, right? That's true. That's true. Actually, that happened once. Um, I was at Fourth Wall, and there was this actor guy. He was a really pretty man who had, like, beautiful green eyes and stuff. And um, and I guess he had taken a comedy class, and I saw him, like, a few times in a row over a couple of weeks. And then one time, he was doing a set, and he goes, does anyone have some advice for me or whatever? Never ask, dude, yeah. never ask an audience a question like that. That's, and so I was just this, you know, as a reflex, I was like, quit comedy. And you know, it got a big laugh, but I never saw him again. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I think he quit. Yeah. And I feel bad mm -hmm. that I might have made him quit. But yeah. it's like, dude, if, right. if it only took that yeah. to get you to quit, yeah. then you shouldn't be in this. Right. There's going to be so much more rejection than one person. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, God. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that could have, 
went a different way too. I mean, that could have sparked something in him and uh, maybe he would have came back with a, a good comeback and then he would have realized he was good at roasting people. Boom. So it could have worked that exactly. way. Exactly. He could, or he could have just laughed at it because mm-hmm. it was obviously a joke. Like, right. why would I actually tell somebody to quit comedy? Like, what kind of a bitch yeah. would I have to be? Right. To, right. That would be cruel. Yeah, I yeah. Didn't mean it. <laughs> so apparently he's dumb. If he thought, yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> seriously yeah. telling someone to quit. Yeah. That's that's. Well, sad. like you said, you know, he asked for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Never ask. The, the audience. Audi- you know? Comedians will always tell you to quit comedy. Right. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing it until it doesn't, until I hate it. And <laughs> yeah. then I'll quit. Nice. <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah. Or maybe I'll take a break and then I'll like it again. Yeah. Who even knows? Yeah. I think, I think that's the thing about this whole pandemic is it's taught me how much I do love comedy because I got a chance to not do it for like six months. Was it from, when did I, okay, from March to, da, 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 I think late July, I did my first set again in person on a stage. And oh my God, it was so good. It was yeah. better than sex. I was like, this <laughs> is me. I was so like high yeah. on, on the audience and doing it again that I literally, it was like in a parking lot. So the audience was like down over here and then there was like an empty space area kind of up behind them. Yeah. When I got off stage, I went and I just like ran laps. I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the energy. Yeah. And that's how I know I'm going to keep going. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, you definitely should keep going because you're very talented. Thank you. And uh, yeah, so super funny. And uh, do you have anything you want to plug or uh yeah, sure. I don't know when this is coming out, but... Uh, probably at the... Uh, uh, probably in January sometime. January. Okay, then no. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Any predictions for 2021? Uh, oh, my God. Uh, hopefully, we don't all die. No, okay. <laughs> um, I I think things are going to get a lot better. I think the vaccine is going to go well. It'll go a little bit slowly, but we'll get it back, and then everyone's going to go crazy partying and having orgies yeah Yeah. (laughs) i was at first i'm like okay maybe after the pandemic everyone will want to be like more monogamous because we'll have been lonely for so long and at this point i'm like no we've all had dry spells i think uh i think it's gonna be a bit crazy yeah 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 (laughs) totally so it's um wear protection yeah yeah 2021 that's my advice yeah yeah it's definitely gonna be interesting right I, i mean what can they do to us that, that we haven't seen in 2020 already? Oh, we can handle anything. Now. Yeah. I think uh, maybe there's going to be some weather. There's going to be some weather action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And you know what? Now we've trained for when the oxygen is hard to yeah. breathe because of climate change. Huh? You know, <laughs> we're going to have to stay indoors for all kinds of shit. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we get it now. Yeah, yeah, right. So that's, those are my predictions. Right on. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, do you have a website? Yeah, I do. So you can find out more about me at catalvarado.com, but I also have a Facebook and an Instagram at the cat Alvarado. That's C A T A L V A R A D O. And I also have a YouTube channel. You can go and check out my stand up there. I also have character videos that I put out. That's a lot of fun. And lastly, I have a podcast too. It's called villains of history and you can listen to, well, the podcast itself is every episode we go over the life 
of a different horrible person from history, like a dictator or a serial killer, a cult leader. And we discuss it. We roast the shit out of them. (laughs) And then we just talk about it and like the implications on society. And it gets deep. It's funny, but it's also kind of a. Wow. That's very interesting. Yeah, Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's kind of an insightful podcast. I try I try to keep it insightful. <laughs> nice. Is that something that you're, you've always liked the history or why, why that? That, because um, of the stuff that happened in Nicaragua in 2018. I mm-hmm. mean, I've always kind of been interested in dictatorships because of Latin America and the history of Nicaragua with all of our series of dictators, you know, we've got, we've had ones that the United States put there and then we have other ones that like there was a revolution of, of socialists and communists and what have you. And then they were there and everybody's like, Oh, it's going to be better. And then that guy turned into a dictator Mm. Then they knocked him out and then it was a democracy. But then that guy came back and he's like, I've changed. And then he didn't (laughs) change. And then he started shooting protesters. (laughs) It's drama. Wow. But in 2018, you know, when, when things got really bad and he really started cracking down on innocent people and they lost freedom of press, I was like, okay, people have to learn more history. Yeah. And understand that stuff because people don't know their shit. And that's true of both sides. I think it's true on the right and yeah. the left. I think the, the right needs to listen to that a little bit more. But then there are some times where I meet someone on the left who needs to listen to it too. Um, to just learn the mistakes of the past, you know. Just because someone says things that you like doesn't mean they can't become a dictator too. And frankly, usually if someone's a serial killer or a cult leader, they never come across as disagreeable at the beginning. Mm. They almost always, especially cult leaders. Oh my God, the Nexium cult. I know we got to wrap it up, but oh my God. Have you watched The Vow on, on HBO? No. It's nuts. Watch it or Seduced on Stars. It's about this guy, Keith Rainieri, and he had this cult and essentially turned into a sex cult where the women were even branding themselves with like yeah. his initials it's on their nuts. body. Yeah, I know about the cult. Yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And you know how it all started out? Oh. It's just professional development training. Really? Just executive development. It was called executive success programs. Wow. So the early stages of anything, and this is a cult or a dictatorship, political party, it always sounds good at the beginning. And we point the finger and we go, that person's dumb because they fell for it. But you don't know what it was like at the start. Yeah. It's like boiling frogs, mm-hmm. whatever. So we could all fall for it. So that's why I love doing my podcast on Villains of History, because we get to talk about that beginning of things and the evolution of it. And, you know, oh, wow, why did these people go and commit a genocide? Oh, it was because the history led them to be vulnerable Mm. to that kind of manipulation. Or let's talk about the life of this dictator. Oh, his mom hated him. And if she had just loved him. So moms out there, you better love your kids or they're going to kill everybody. You know, like, <laughs> just getting those. So that's that's why. That's what's behind my podcast. Right on. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I don't think anyone's doing that. Yeah. It's very unique. Villains yeah. of history. Check it out, you guys. Check it out. Well, thank you for coming by, Kat. I appreciate you. Um, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. For sure. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. You gotta, you gotta be fresh. <laughs>